Welcome back to a very, very extra special bonus episode of Reconcinimation. I'm your host, John Diner, and we have a surprise, what I'll call a panel today. We are missing our usual co-host, Brent, who's on assignment right now. He's trying to get into the Oscars uh, himself. He's trying to you know, maneuver his way into the show. He's got, uh, you know, a, a week to do so. So he's uh, getting ahead of it. But uh, uh, I'm going to introduce our, our other regular co-host, David Munchak. Welcome back. Howdy, howdy. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to take Brent up on his plan to uh, break in and, and like seal myself up in drywall for a week just so I could be there when the ceremony starts. I was like, I'm going to watch from home. So uh, good luck to Brent. Uh, can't wait to see you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> And we have not one, but two of our guest co-hosts returning for this very special episode. Joe Seta, welcome back. Is this, are you breaking your own record for how many times you've guested? I think so. I think this would be, this might be nine, 10. This is, I'm getting up there. This is, I'm getting, I'm getting residual soon. This is all right. So (laughs) we have to get the staff to actually go check that number because Dave and I have a hard time getting to double digits. So. Yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, we're very yeah, close. Breaking out all the toes, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're very close to having voting rights. Uh, Almost for, for the for, for the direction of the show. True. So. I can't wait for the stock options. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you're going to want that. That's a special yeah. treat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let me introduce our other guest co-host returning once again. It's Jared Burt. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks for having me. As always, guys, really enjoy it. Happy to be here. Well, uh, we are going to be, we're not going to be looking at a, a movie, one particular movie this week, because we are going to go through all of the nominees for the 96th Annual Academy Awards. We're going to go category by category and round robin it. Um, so we're going to not reconcinimize. We're going to, what do we call it, David? We're going to concinimize it. Concinimize it. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Uh-huh. Smooth. <laughs> That's what we do. Well, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question, though, because it's like we're getting kind of just loosey-goosey Oscar predictions, what we want to do. But, like, uh, uh, I- I'm never good at this uh, historically, but did you get, you know, I think the, this is something all three of you have probably paid more attention to over the, over the years, you know, over the decades. And I'm just curious, like, did the expansion of the Academy with 10 Best Pictures and the and the membership going almost doubling – has that changed like your prediction model or the way you think it's going to go? Like, because it's like a very, you've got more, you've got a more slightly more diverse membership and a larger membership than the ranked choice voting on the best picture and all of that has, has it, has your strategy changed? That's kind of, are, are you, are you more surprised these days, less surprised? I'm just kind of curious about like Oscar season for you, for you. I feel personally more surprised the last uh, few years. I feel like it's been less predictable. Like when we were growing up in, you know, in the eighties, nineties, you kind of like knew what the Oscar movies were like Braveheart, you know, like movies like that, the English patient, you know, those kind of movies, like, you know, they're going to get nominated. You pretty much know who's going to win each category. It wasn't that tough to really predict. And I think somewhere especially I'll say in the last 10 years, it got a lot harder. And, and the movies themselves, what's getting nominated has really changed that it's mm-hmm. not a lot of blockbuster movies. 
<clears throat> and not a lot of, um, you know, movies that are seen by a lot of people. Like a lot of these are basically, they're not quite independent, but they're not, you know, the major releases. And now, especially with streaming, it's kind of extra weird now but um i remember in i remember in college when we used to do our little picks or whatever jonathan um it was all i feel like it was all big movies and it was rare that it wasn't and we pretty much would always know going in what was going to win it was never a surprise we'd always say oh titanic's gonna win oh you know whatever's gonna win and it was always the case i feel like i would i would say that the nominations are are the real difference that it's really a lot harder to, to guess what's going to get nominated. I, I, I would say to, to, to your point a little bit, some of, some of it is still winners are unpredictable in some places. I mean, I still think a lot of it, there's so much, there's so much more attention I think paid now in recent years to like the other awards shows or the, the critics mm -hmm. awards and stuff as they're coming out that it, it gets a little easier to like, like, look at this year. Like, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of real horse races in the top categories because it seems like it's so just built in now. Like, well, this is, these are all winning everything. And that does not to say that's definitely going to happen, but I do feel like back when there was only five nominations for best picture, everything was so boiled down and best director splitting was always such a big deal because it would always be like, you know, the four best picture movies and then one random. So you can already start eliminating movies that have a chance. And, you know, it, it just seemed different. We're now with so many best picture nominees and, and some more random stuff getting nominated. Like when Mad Max Fury Road got nominated for best picture, there's no way that ever would have happened when there were five nominees, even though it's a great movie, right. it's just not the kind of movie that would get nominated. So, right. right. Uh, so, so I would say more the nominations than the actual trying to pick the awards. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I find myself, I've been more pleased with what's won over the years. Like, oh, that's a great choice. Like, good for that. Like, it is because sometimes I'd have a thought of some, you know, the, the typical awards bait stuff always going to win, but then it doesn't, it doesn't win anything or, you know, do, or doesn't get the top prize for, for something a little more, I don't know, a little more cr crowd pleasing in a sense, even if it is like an indie thing that get that gets it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm always surprised by how this always goes, but it just seems like it would have got harder, but I guess it's in different levels for everybody. I always would get excited when something that I really liked would win like screenplay. You're like, ah, there's no chance in hell that that's winning, you know, best yeah, picture yeah. or whatever. You're like, ah, well, at least it got screenplay or, you know, whatever the case, but that was always I remember enjoyable. I feel like when Goodwill Hunting won for best uh, screenplay, you... I've never seen you jump that high for joy. <laughs> we were laps around the theater uh, that was hot in because that's. I was like, "How do you? Play. How do you like dim apples?" <laughs> in a really bad Boston accent, which I cannot do and I will not do. Our boys did it. They did it. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, Affleck. Just want to just want to high five and chest bump Damon and Affleck right now. Whatever happened to them? Too, we never saw them again. Ah, uh, it's an old one and done. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, but I will say this year in particular, I feel like there was a there was a shift. So like, you know, we shifted away from the Hollywood, the traditional Hollywood movies getting nominated. This year was the first year in a, I feel like a long time that was a a mix of it, because obviously you had your huge blockbuster hits in Oppenheimer and Barbie getting, you know, all the especially Oppenheimer getting all the nominations that it got. But you still had the mix of anatomy of a fall the zone of in, you know like 
other real independent or even foreign seeming films that are are getting attention. So it was yeah. nice to see a mix of the different levels of films, a film releases really getting the attention this year. And I feel like overall a step up in the quality of films. Like I really personally enjoyed the vast majority of the movies that were nominated in general this year. I mean, only a few years ago, and I don't mean to disparage the film at all, but a movie like Coda winning Best Picture, has anyone spoken about Coda at all? Has anyone said that word since they won? I mean, I still just... haven't seen it. Oh, no. Right. Oh, yeah. It's good. I like Coda. It is. Yeah, it's Go it's see Coda. Yeah, my, my family watched it without me. And so now it's like, Okay, that passed, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you missed so you it and that it. was your window. That's yeah. I always feel like I need to watch like at least the nominated best pictures before the Oscars, or I just will not see them until yeah. whenever. I'm st- I still haven't seen Triangle That's of Sadness case. and it's just sitting out there and I'm just <laughs> like gotta watch that movie. So it will be yeah. there for the next five to seven years before at least. I come around. It took me like 25 years to see Secrets and Lies. And when, by the time I did, I was like, Secrets and Lies is great. And I just never saw it. I was just like, ah, well, forgot about it. So, yeah. All right. So let's let's get into it then. We're going we're gonna to start with, we're going to go through the screenplay nominations. So let's start with uh, original screenplay. And nominated is uh, Celine Song for Past Lives, Sammy Birch, for May, December with a story by Sammy Birch and Alex uh, Mechanic. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer for Maestro. David Hemmingson for The Holdovers. And Justine Triet and Arthur Harari for Anatomy of a Fall. So original screenplay, brand new script, new idea. What do you guys, what do you guys like in this category? Take your time. I can edit. We can, you know, we need a minute <laughs> to think about it. I'll chop it out. Are we doing favorite or what we think will win? Um, we can do both, really. You can say both. Uh, mine's probably the same. I would say Holdovers. That that was my favorite movie this year. Watchability-wise, mm-hmm. it, it checked all the boxes for me. I just, I absolutely loved it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say the same. Holdovers is probably my personal... I, I, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite, but it's the one I, I vibed with the most. I mean, The Holdovers is uh, such, it really taps, it's an homage really to 70s filmmaking, which anyone who listens to the show, right, David? 70s, I love them. Gritty, <laughs> real, real, raw. <laughs> you know, that that's really my bread and butter. And this was such a beautiful homage to that style of filmmaking and that tone, that energy. Um, so... I would love to see that get it in this category too. Well, you know, if you want to do spiritual remakes to Dutch, which is one of my favorite <laughs> holiday films, you could do worse than the holdovers. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it's a strong, it's just really enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, for, for the script, we really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I'm at the same time, I'm, I'm going with Vegas odds on things that may not like if there's categories I haven't seen, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pick the Vegas. Odds. So, but apparently anatomy of the fall is a favorite uh, by a slim margin. And I did enjoy that script quite a bit too, uh, although I don't know how I feel about the ending. But uh, overall, uh, engaging. But yeah, I guess I would go holdovers. Yeah, I'd say I think the holdovers is my favorite of these movies, and I think it was the f- like 
of as a script, I think it was. I think it's my favorite of the scripts too. Um, I was trying to think of this in a more global sense, as far as like because, uh, sort of to Jared's point, like screenplay always tended to be like almost a consolation prize for a great movie, right? It was always like it's great, but it's not going to win best director and it's not going to win best picture. And I feel like even though the holdovers has that exact same problem. I feel like this might be the only chance for some things. Adapted screenplay is the exact same problem this year. But mm. because of that, I kind of am thinking like Anatomy of a Fall or Past Lives because I don't see what else they're going to win. Like Holdovers is going to win other stuff. Mm. I don't know that either of those is going to win anything. So I'm kind of like, some, you know, because they both kind of, I, I don't think Past Lives was eligible, but Anatomy of Fall weirdly got kind of screwed out of getting nominated for foreign language. So like it's not even in that. So, so that's why I'm kind of thinking that probably is going to win screenplay. And I didn't realize until today that Alexander Payne didn't write this movie because my initial instinct was, well, he's already won an Oscar. Like they don't need to give him an Oscar for this. And it was only then that I realized, but I wonder if enough people think of that, then they'd be like, oh, well then maybe we shouldn't, you know? So that's, that's where I am with that. Yeah. I, I totally hear you. I, I do. I think Anatomy of a Fall is going to win it. I, I hope Holdovers wins, but I, I do think Anatomy of a Fall for reasons you just laid out is going to get it here. Um, and it really was, I mean, a complicated script. You, you try to think about, you know, not take away all the visual and the performance aspect of these films. And if you're just reading it, what is the most captivating anatomy of a fall is uh, beautiful in that sense as well. So I, I do think they're probably going to get it. I would like to see holdovers get it. Holdovers is almost for certain going to get other wins that we've right. seen been happening already i will say that out of four out of the five films in this category i really really liked quite a bit um maestro i was lukewarm on but the other ones i was just like thought were really really great nuanced screenplays yeah i thought yeah. may december was gonna get nominated for something else like i thought it wasn't a great movie but it's a pretty good movie and it's certainly better than maestro so i didn't know why like, it seemed like there was a lot of early kind of chatter for it and then i wonder if people kind of turned against it because of the plot like or, or you know that the, the the subjects weren't real cool with the movie existing so i, I yeah, think the also with the, the content seemed to bother some people in the in the long long haul yeah. and i think it was i think for may december it was a misunderstood film as well i, I don't think people got not to say that it's a spoof but it's really it's almost a satire of those like lifetime, you know, kind right. of movies. And I think if you got that going into it, it made it much more entertaining. And most people just, it went, it went right over their heads. Uh, all right, moving along, let's look at uh, a best adapted screenplay. We've got Jonathan Glazer for the zone of interest, Tony McNamara for poor things, Christopher Nolan, you guys heard of him uh, for a little film called Oppenheimer. Mm. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach for Barbie and Core Jefferson for American Fiction. This one to me is a tricky one. This there's, I mean, all this of these tough. I think are really good. I mean, this, this is sort of like what I was saying, like this is a category where a lot of these movies, this could be the only thing they win. And so that, that creates a really, cause I mean, on the surface, I think you would just kind of, I would just think immediately, well, Bar Barbie's probably going to win because you know, it's probably not going to win Best Picture. And so then Greta Gerwig should get something. But again, like, do they need to give her this Oscar? Probably not. So then you go down from there. What else is American fiction going to win? What else is Poor Things going to win? Like, and these are all really good movies. So 
this is this for me is tough. I don't I don't weirdly I think the only one that really isn't in the series running is Oppenheimer, which is like the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I and like this I, is I cool. agree with you, Joe. That's too you know? funny. Yeah. It's this is tough. This is a tough category. I think I I totally hear what you're saying. I think I think they're gonna give it to Barbie here because of like especially Greta not getting the director nomination. Yeah. They're gonna want to make up for all the you know. I think politically speaking, I think they're probably gonna make up for that mistake. And uh, but I do I, I I want American fiction to win. I think uh, you know as a script, again captivating. So many of these other films, Oppenheimer. And poor things, especially, are so visual that you know there are other places where they're, especially Oppenheimer, more likely to win. And um, I think script-wise, I hope American Fiction gets it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, John. Uh, American Fiction definitely like is is so solid. And I think you're right. It's like reading it off the page. I think it, you get to experience it, engage with it more than an, uh, the Oppenheimer script, like because it's because you've got. You know, you've got certainly like Nolan is a particular has a particular vision and it's very much his and you can kind of predict maybe how he would do it. But American fiction gives you that engagement where you can and you get to have you get to enjoy the story along with it where I don't, uh, that I mean, all these are enjoyable stories in a certain way. But I, I don't know. There's something to the like the biting commentary kind of and and all of that and satire uh, of American fiction, I think, kind of gives the, the, a little more of that timeliness that uh, that I, like just kind of hits a little bit better these days. So I'm hoping for American fiction and thinking it might be, it might be the one. Yeah. I could see American fiction sneaking in and winning that as well. Even though I think Barbie is maybe like you mentioned, John with Greta, you know, not, not getting a director nomination could very easily take that, but American fiction was just, I, I don't really think it was like any of the others in the category. You know, it it it, it had heart and comedy, and I mean, it sort of ran the, the the gamut of emotions in that film. Whereas, you know, Oppenheimer is like mostly depressing the whole time. So, yeah, um, it's it's not sort of you know doesn't have all that range, you know, at times. But still, a great movie, just a lot different. Yeah, there, and actually, I want to throw out there another film that uh, just before we leave the screenplay categories that has been totally ignored that I thought was a beautiful, really important film was was Origin that, you know, got totally kind of knocked out of any of the awards, cat, you know, for, for all the awards that have been happening that uh, was really ignored. And I, I would have definitely put it in for a screenplay nomination. So, um, but that's not nominated. So we're going with what is, uh, yeah, probably looking at Barbie or American fiction here. I, uh, just, just in case we go down this road any further, I have a thing about snubs, the idea of snubs. And if we want to talk about that, that's fine. But I do feel like the only fair thing to do is then you got to say what shouldn't have been nominated. <laughs> it's a finite yeah. number of nominations. Yeah. So, yeah. And, I, and, I, I, yeah, and I've thought about this a little bit because you know, it's so much like, oh, well, she should have been nominated. I was like, well, then who shouldn't have been nominated? You got you to do it. You got to step yeah. up. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Screenplay is tough to do that. I mean, I don't mean for that. It's kind of for, right. No, there's know, there's other know. categories where it's much easier to see like, right. Mm, this one should not have been here. This should have been somebody else. Right. 
Right. I have that uh, definitely, uh, as long as I remember to say it, <laughs> I have one category uh, for sure that I would make a change. But no. um, all right. So moving along to visual effects, we have. So this is a category that, that is interesting because it's movies that are much more blockbustery, um, widely seen out of all the films or some of them, at least. Uh, we've got Napoleon. We've got Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Godzilla minus one and the creator. I'm amazed how few of these movies I've seen. <laughs> Help me out, guys. Amazed. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. Um, usually, the, uh, usually I've seen all of the visual effects movies. Really, they're true. all they're all fantastic as far as visual effects goes. I mean, really, I, I was luck lucky enough to see the creator kind of as it was in post production. I could see I, I had access to. Um, seeing how that was coming together, and it's it's really incredible. Um, but Godzilla minus one is, I think, uh, uh, you know, another sleeper here. I I think that one's going to get it. But every one of these has really well done visual effects. There's not one that's off. I'm I, you know I, I dog on Marvel movies a lot right now, but um, and I didn't love Guardians three as much as everybody else you know seems to have, but. Uh, but the effects have always been good. That's not something that ever, ever dipped in quality. So I, I will say Godzilla minus one is who I think is going to take it. Um, right. Although I'm I wouldn't be shocked if the creator did too. So I know I want to see Godzilla minus one. <laughs> I was going to say, based on the trailer, that the visual effects look incredible. <laughs> cool looking trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I just Dave. did a Mission Impossible rewatch of all of them, and uh, again, really, really good. I'm, I'm totally I, in on that. Wow, I mean, I, I love the Mission Impossible movies, so, so I would They're like. Great. That's it. I would just uh, probably Mission Impossible Seven, right? The bit with the train. Come on. Oh, but like, I, I have nothing on these other movies. I don't. Dave, do you have? Oh, do you know what the Vegas odds are for this? Like, what is even the favorite? Uh, that I, that I can't. Even, I couldn't find. Uh, the I didn't one, know if that was. Site. That might be too far down. Like, yeah, I'd have to go yeah. deeper to find it. To find yeah. a, look, a look at the, the change in the train sequence for Mission Impossible One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh my god! I mean, yeah. lots changed. Uh, yeah. Every time right. I think about Mission Impossible, I think about the Ben Stiller stunt double thing, and that's like my <laughs> yeah. favorite. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> thing to ever come out of Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, it's so good. It's still hilarious, Ben Stiller like face to face i think it was for the mtv movie awards or something like he was he played uh, he played tom cruise's stunt double and they had like this face to face interview and they were like you know he was duplicating everything tom was doing it was really funny they were cutting to the clips from like cocktail and he was like smashing all the bottles and it was really good stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on to sound Another tricky one, kind of like visual effects. We've got the zone of interest. We've got Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One, Maestro, and the Creator again. I mean, I think I actually I know this the uh, sound mixer for Oppenheimer, and I think the sound in particular was really incredible in that movie. I so I kind of say that should win, but in a weird way, I don't think it's going to because it's going to win many other awards. <laughs> So I think they're going to give it to that's tough. I mean, maybe this is where Mission Impossible picks one up. I'm going to go wild card and say Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. 
you you got to figure zone of interest if you're i wish i saw this in the theater and uh and all of that because it the, it's there's so much subtlety to the whole thing the whole mix and everything like there's just because That's it's it's it, what you're seeing is not you what you're you can hear throughout the entire film is not what you're focusing on visually <laughs> like it's all background That's stuff. I mean, uh... The, yeah. the opening of the movie is audio for like <laughs> yeah. several minutes. It feels like it, it. I mean, that movie's horrifying and and like it's really yeah. incredibly made. But my goodness, the the audio in that is is yeah. I mean, I mean, shocking. I don't know how to describe that movie any other way. It's shocking, but the audio design in it is just phenomenal. Um, yeah. I do think Oppenheimer though, because it's so much bigger, yeah, and more in your face that it will win but again i could see mission impossible as well so yeah i think that movies that tend to win sound tend to be effects style movies so you tend to get that so i i think oppenheimer is probably going to win but yeah. uh, the same thing like i think zone of interest should win like i thought zone of Int- the sound design is incredible like that that movie it's and that's all it is there's no plot like it's just that so like yeah you fit you get they've came up with this setting it's like what do we do with this setting and then the fact that they could build so much around it when so much of it is just filmed in that house is just incredible. So. Well, it's so much about like what you're hearing in the the background of, right. of like you're seeing this family, um, but what you're hearing is horrific and it's just background noise. Right. And, and, and that's I think the thing to them. That's the thing with that movie is that like you don't you it's almost like you're not going through anything because there is no real story, but you're experiencing so much that you know that you you don't feel you don't feel cheated somehow you don't feel like well there's nothing's going on in this movie like it's everything is sort of going on out around it and that's you know why the setting is so crazy for that movie yeah that the subtlety of the sound it's something that just because it's a quieter movie doesn't mean the the, like the sound is actually more important there so right I almost yeah. w- like wish that this had still been back in the day when they had separate sound categories and it was just like best sound and then best sound effects editing or something. Cause I feel like that probably would have been, this would have been one of those circumstances where you could split that. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So complicated now. Uh, all right. <laughs> so now we've got a, a few categories that, well, you know, we may not have seen everything here. So, you know, whatever we have seen, we'll discuss. So live, live action, short film. We have The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar by Jared, your favorite director, Wes Anderson (laughs) and Stephen Rails, Red, White and Blue, Night of Fortune, Invincible and The After. Has anybody seen any of these? I saw Henry Sugar. Which was delightful. I think this is Wes Anderson's final, like his finally a chance to win an Oscar. (laughs) He's been nominated so many times that, yeah. As of this rec- recording, it is the top in the Vegas ads. Uh, we were joking the, the other day with a couple friends on how, like, Wes Anderson, like you were saying, Joe, he's been nominated so many times and never won, and now he's going to win for this thing that's, you yeah. know, 30 minutes long. We were also thinking the poor pe- other people in the category, they're like, yeah, I got nominated. Oh, shit, Wes Anderson's in this thing? Yeah. yeah. This is the Kobe yeah, I, Bryant situation, right? Like you made a short thing. No one knows who anybody else is. We're voting for Kobe. That's yeah. that's what this category is. Yeah. So. I had a film uh, years ago in a film festival and uh, a short film. And it was like, great. You're in, you know, Palm Springs Film Festival and this one and this one. And it's like, you're up against a film directed by Sean Penn and Kirsten <laughs> Dunst. And like, 
cool, I guess. Oh, great. <laughs> I'll stand on the stage and let them take all the questions too. <laughs> awesome. No, but uh, probably Wes Anderson will take it. You know, that just seems like it. I would assume. Uh, animated short film. I-, I have not had a chance to see any of these, so we'll just kind of list out the nominees. Uh, War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko. Pachyderm. Our Uniform, 95 Senses, and Letter to a Pig. I'm going to go with Letter to a Pig because it sounds like a great movie. <laughs> that does sound pretty awesome. Uh, I, I We did go see these. So I don't want to bore anybody with this because... Uh, but I, we did actually see these, and they're all bummers. <laughs> well, of course. An, animated shorts the pig tend to be die? Don't tell anybody. But I, Like, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, but like one of them's about like kind of pedophiles and one of those about nazis they're all they're all bummers uh uh i think probably war is over is gonna win because it's got this beatles connection and it's easily the worst of these so it's just one of those things um if i had to pick our uniform is pretty good it's like a middle eastern it's the effect is really the uh the design is really cool for it it's uh girls i believe in saudi arabia and, and 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 how they processing sort of the restrictions they're under it's it's a good it's they're all good they're just not real fun so you know the thing is with these short films is they really only it's hard to see these they don't make it easy you know they, no we had to go to the theater for god's sake yeah. <laughs> see um, them as a package actually the the shirt i'm wearing vidiots uh is one of the few theaters even in la that that runs all the short films so you you really oh. have to get out there and find them yeah hmm. We talked about like trying to see because it's the same thing here. Like, like we and this was at the AMC, but like they only showed them. I think you know, there's one or two showings a day. Like they barely show them. And then the documentary shorts, you'd have to go to the music box, like a more independent theater. So it, they it, they don't make it easy. It's you know, yeah. That's I'm not really sure why we're still keeping these at the main awards. Like I almost feel like these could go to the technical awards show, like and that would be fine because no one's seen these. Like I don't I don't know that this does that much for anybody or then put everything at the main awards show but right to still have these still be lingering after all these years i don't really get all right so moving back to the visual side of things uh production design <clears throat> we have poor things uh, production designer james price and shauna heath oppenheimer production designer ruth DeJong, napoleon production designer arthur max killers of the flower moon Production designer Jack Fisk and Barbie production designer Sarah Greenwood. I think this is another tough one. I'm I'm actually I don't think it's going to win, but I'm actually one of the I feel like one of the few fans of Napoleon. I really enjoyed that film, and um, I'm interested to see. You know, I think there's going to be a longer cut that comes out, so we'll <laughs> see what that does. But uh, I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was visually, especially like really really interesting, but. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say poor things on this one because it's such it really I mean Barbie also created its own world but poor things is just so visually intense that and those sets just it really feels like another world Barbie's sort of a mix of both but um, I, I I'm gonna go with that one I missed out on poor things in Napoleon so I can't can't quite get there but I uh, you know I from 
I, I would pick Barbie over the other three then uh, of the three that were remaining. I think just because it's it's taking it's taking such a particular thing that's a toy style and exploding it to such a degree that and it makes it it's all a nice little contained world. So I probably and the Vegas odds are putting Barbie and poor things neck and neck. So I mean, who knows? Just kick. I mean. But who knows if they're even the top two? Maybe they're going to split the vote out, and it's you're going to get that Napoleon win right underneath. I mean, Oppenheimer too is is a really nice production design, so maybe they split the oh, vote yeah. and that wins. Absolutely, good point. I could see any of the three winning. I I think I agree with you, John. I would I would go poor things out of the. I don't think I've seen one of them. So I I would say mm. poor things is pretty pretty stellar. I mean, they're all seem pretty good out of the ones i've seen yeah i don't think i would be like this is a category i wouldn't be upset with whoever wins yeah i think killers of the flower moon is probably the you know probably the trailing everybody here but um that's just my opinion yeah i mean i would i would say the only way oppenheimer wins this is if if oppenheimer really is rolling up a big night and like they're heading towards seven eight oscars then maybe it just gets it because voting got lazy but um yeah i don't know i i think barbie might win i think poor things is great like i think the visuals are great but barbie is so obviously huge production design that maybe that would make a slight difference but i i mean same thing it could go either way like and and i i do think they're gonna want to give barbie something so it's like we'd mentioned earlier where does that land for barbie right Okay, original song. We have What Was I Made For uh, by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell for Barbie. We have a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. It Never Went Away from American Symphony. I'm Just Ken from Barbie and The Fire Inside from Flamin' Hot. What do you guys think? I think I think it's kind of a obvious one here. I don't think Flamin' Hot is going to win an Oscar <laughs> this year. <laughs> that doesn't I, feel, I, that doesn't feel right. I, I think Billy and Phineas are gonna gonna take a, another Oscar here. Was that two years ago they won for for uh, Bond for James? Yeah, Bond? I think so. That's the only that's the only thing where I'm like, are they really gonna give Billie Eilish two Oscars and she's like 21? That seems you know, I don't know. But I mean, obvious that does seem to be where this is headed. So yeah, I, I think it's got all the attention and it's got and you know she's just so well liked and cool. So yeah, yeah, I'd be it's happy gonna with win. But, you know, I'm Just Ken is such a fun moment in that movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. That is a and, fun Well, and Gosling's going to perform it. So that'll, that'll be right. fun on the show. Dream I mean, scenario right there. There's something with wacky songs at the Oscars. You know, the Muppets won an Oscar and it's hard out there for a pimp won an Oscar. Like, I'm Just Ken could win. Like, maybe people just, maybe it's this thing. It's like, do we really, do, should Billie Eilish really be winning this many Oscars? Billie Eilish is great, but come on. Is it time for Ken? <laughs> it's not. It's not. He's not, not. enough. <laughs> no. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> All right. Original score. We have Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Ooh. and American Fiction. Personally, I... I actually loved Robbie Robertson's uh, score for Killers of the Flower Moon. And especially with him passing away this year, it might be one of those let's uh, give it to him kind of moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all, Again, they're all great. You know, the classic John Williams, you, is is he going to win on a popularity thing? 
Mm. Oppenheimer's a, a beautiful score as well. So and this is tough. Yeah, this can go any number, any direction, I think, right here, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think Oppenheimer would be my favorite of, of them all, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, the sentimental Robbie Robertson logic, that, that speaks to me. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I can't and believe it, John Williams in his, with his 50th nomination is going to win his seventh Oscar or whatever. I, not, I know, right? Not for Indiana Jones 5. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So. I think too, you know, it's another way for them to give an award to you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is pretty much taking just one award in particular, mostly. So, mm. all right, uh, makeup and hair. We've got Society of the Snow, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Maestro, and Golda, which I have not seen. Oh, a uh, lot of good ones here too. I'm actually, I actually think they're. I, I think Maestro is actually going to take this one. I think this will be the one that goes to Maestro, and it did. You know, it, it did. It was very transformative and uh, well done for for Bradley Cooper. There was a lot That's of backlash a going on that. Yeah, but this was kind of like the thing they talked about, like like leading up to that movie coming out. Is like, should they have really done this? So I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they did give it to them because there's not an obvious other movie. Except maybe the Golda Meir movie, which I don't think anybody saw. So, right. yeah. I, I mean, Society of the Snow, if you want, like, was a, a... What is that? It's it's this, remember, remember Alive, the movie Alive? Yeah. It's oh, is that, it Alive again? It's done more accurately. Yeah. Oh, that, that sounds it's like a, a grisly of, makeup time. Yeah, not a bunch of, uh, you know, white American actors play, playing all those roles. They actually got appropriate people to... Oh. Um, it's really intense, a, re- a really great film, but it's a t- it's a tough watch. But makeup, you know, was was a, a big part of it as they kind of deteriorate up there. So that's on Netflix. Again, Netflix, yeah, oh, right. It's a Netflix. It? Yep. Oh, yep. Society of uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Poor Things in Oppenheimer also good. You know, good makeup and hair creating those characters. So, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see where it lands. Usually being showy with makeup is the way. So maybe that's all Maestro needs. <laughs> and then know. it gets one. You know, they like to dole it out a little bit. The yeah. Academy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. International feature film, for, formerly known as foreign film. The Zone of Interest, The Teacher's Lounge, Society of the Snow, Perfect Days, and Io Capitano. Uh, I'm going to go zone of interest here. I, th- I think that uh, is the one. This is the only one like I'm they, 100% sure about. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they got to give it something. Yeah. It's too good not to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah in, I, I'm this is that. almost almost hands down, right? And again, I don't know what the rules were exactly. Why Anatomy of a Fall isn't in this category. I know there was some little ticky-tack thing, but I don't know what it was. Um. I, I, yeah, I can't remember. I thought I read something about it. Like the country didn't submit it or something weird. And like, clearly that should be in here. Uh, and especially now that it's not just foreign language when Anatomy of a Fall is half in English. So, you know, right. But, um, but without that, then yeah, it's clearly zone of interest. So, yeah. Um, I, don't I don't, you know, I don't even remember cause I know I read about this cause I was, I was outraged when I saw the movie and I was like, what the hell happened here? And now I just don't remember the exact details, but it literally um, was something like they, they didn't submit it. 
And that's why that's the only reason it's not there. There are all sorts of rules and requirements that if you, you know, if you miss something, they'll yeah. disqualify you. But uh, had that been nominated, Anatomy of a Fall definitely would have won that here. It'd be more of a horse race to be sure. So, yeah. 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 All right. So this next category, we're going to kick it over to Jared, being this is all his uh, field here. Film He's editing. Oh, my we have gosh. Four things. We have poor things. We have Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, and Anatomy of a Fall. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say Oppenheimer hmm. for two reasons. There is so much going on in that movie to be able to cut time, repetition, and Jen Lame is awesome. She used yeah. to work at with me back in the day and and she was just great great people great people she's probably like i'm not gonna remember that time at being murray with a bunch of annoying dudes as aes but um <laughs> she she was awesome and she's a great editor so i hope she wins yeah especially with the kind of cutting all over kind of time in that film it's and to keep the story going you know so it's really in a non-linear way that but you're still keeping up with it as an audience that that's very hard to do and uh i i agree i think i think that should probably win it here yeah i felt i felt taken care of as an as a viewer like i didn't i didn't have to it wasn't like a couple establishing things and then all right good luck figure it you know you can figure it out i, I think it the script and, and the edit it and the edit keep you in the in the action of whatever you're looking at and uh it's easy to track so or more accessible to track than i think some other non-linear stories might present so yeah i think that's a great choice yeah i would i would agree with everything on oppenheimer the only i i i think it's going to win i think the only thing maybe anatomy of a fall because anatomy of a fall is so complicated with the the language and everything else that the editing was so important for that movie to make any sense at all i don't think that's going to be enough to get it there um, and then again, I know we're not trying to run down stuff. I'm not trying to be a negative person. Um, so I'm just going to compare this back. Do you remember the Irishman got nominated for like best stunts at some awards and people were like, what? That's how I feel about the editing in killers of a flower moon. <laughs> Come on. How that got nominated for anything. Uh, they don't like us. They're, they're, they're being mean to yeah. us as an audience. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of that film. I'll keep it polite and say that. <laughs> There's a great two hour and 25 minute movie in there somewhere. <laughs> the fact that the fact that, you know, they're allowing they being the studios movies that are three and a half hours long to be made is, I think, irresponsible to audiences. That's not a movie. That's a make it a make it a series, make it an yeah. episodic thing yeah. that, you know, movies. I'm, I'm a, on a big kick this year of the short running time. So, you know, hour and 40 minutes used to be a great running time for a movie. Two hours is great, too. Yeah. Three and a half hours is is not OK. Not for everything. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. anyone seen Fargo? It's perfection. It's 96 it's minutes. Or whatever. Wonderful. Oh, my God. Fargo's 96 minutes. <laughs> I, think so. I will say I will say Anatomy of a Fall. You know, half of that movie, right? Around half being a courtroom drama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tough to do and keep you with it and keep you like emotionally engaged and <clears throat> not mm -hmm. to spoil the film, but like not knowing 
the real truth, you know, and you staying like knowing that you don't know the real truth and knowing that, you know, you're, you don't know if you're actually going to get that answered by the end of the movie. That's hard to keep you emotionally engaged. And that's all editing that's yeah. keeping you there or not all, but a lot of it is the editing. And the holdovers too, to, again, just to throw back to that, like well done in, in creating a tone that is, uh, has been long gone. <laughs> well, all uh, the timing and the, of the jokes and the, I mean, I, gr yeah. granted some of it's act acting as well. Cause there, there are long takes, but also knowing when to, to, to use those long takes and when to cut in for a, you know, punch in for a cutaway or whatever. I, there, there's lots of good stuff in this category. I just think like, there is so much going on in Oppenheimer. My brain sometimes can't compute like how that's done. And I, and I do edit for a living hmm. and I'm like, how the hell did Nolan and Jen do that? You know, everything tying together. It's just, it's just really well done. They're all well done. Jared, I think some of our short films in college still would blow Oppenheimer out of the water, though. So you just instinctually uh, you, had it back then. I mean, you know, Jeremiah's work on Terror of Harkinville comes to mind, you know. Yep, yep. Okay, documentary short. We've got Nai Nai and Waipo. Hopefully I pronounced that somewhere near how it should be. Uh, the Last Repair Shop, Island in Between, The Barber of Little Rock, and the ABCs of Book Banning. Uh, yeah, none of us have seen any of these, so there you go. We'll we'll find out on the show who wins. Congratulations to all the winners. Yes. <laughs> uh, documentary feature, 20 Days in Mariupol, To Kill a Tiger, Four Daughters, The Eternal Memory, and Bobby Wine, The People's President. I missed all hey. these, by the way. Yep. None. Sorry, documentaries. I'm, I'm sorry, documentaries. Filmmakers. It's an honor to be nominated and congrats to the winners. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'll try to check out at least the winner. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Costume design. Another, this will be a tough one too. Uh, Holly Waddington for Poor Things, Ellen Mirajnik for Oppenheimer, Janty Yates and Dave Crossman for Napoleon, Jacqueline West for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Jacqueline Duran for Barbie. What do you guys think? If I had to pick one, I'd say poor things. I don't think I'll disagree with that. I think I do think Napoleon, you know, again, has some good stuff, but this might be one of those where, where poor things takes it. Based on the trailers, I think poor things probably has a, a leg up. <laughs> yeah. I but Barbie uh, too. Barbie's great. Yeah. yeah I, I was I'm I'm gonna go with Napoleon, even though it's the only one of these movies I haven't seen. But I feel like p historically, period movies tend to surprise in this category, and Napoleon's not gonna win much. So, yeah, Napoleon is. It was not well loved by audiences, so it's just the fact that it got nominations at all. But the you know period pieces are like <clears throat> for this category are sort of much more predictable that they're going to get attention. Mm. You got to have at least one or two in the, in the big show, right? <laughs> Even if they're no yeah. good. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cinematography. We, we have Robbie Ryan for poor things. Hoyt Van Hoytema for Oppenheimer. Matthew Libatique for Maestro. Rodrigo Prieto for Killers of the Flower Moon. And Edward Lockman for El Conde. 
Right off the top, has anybody has seen he... El Conde? Because I read the plot, no. it sounds incredible. Like, I, haven't seen I watched the trailer, and it does look very interesting for sure. I have yeah. not seen the film. Though. I haven't even heard of it. I never heard of it until I saw these nominations. I was like, what is that movie? And I think that's on Netflix too, but so I really want to check that it out. It is, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, uh, I'm going to say, ooh, oh boy, I don't know. I, every oh, time boy. I want to say something, it, to me, it's it's Oppenheimer or, or Poor Things. Yeah. It's tough to pick between those two. Yeah, yeah those feel, two are visually stunning. I, I, I will I'm say that. Just, I'm just, I'm just going to say Poor Things because I, I just think there's so much to that film, you know, visually that Oppenheimer has – some more global things going for it that poor things has you know some more specific categories yeah i i even thought that my my favorite part of maestro was the cinematography jumping between formats and color and non-color and you know square versus widescreen i i thought that all all that stuff was the best part about that movie but it's not going to beat the other two my problem with maestro was just the way the overall tone of that film was just felt very pretentious that so much of the focus was on his performance and her performance that other things were good but not as stressed as it may have been in you know another by other filmmakers are you saying Uh, it's awards bait (laughs) trying to be yeah (laughs) bradley cooper wants to win an oscar in the worst way yes (laughs) Yeah, how did how did uh, Star Wars Born do back then? Uh, it got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, did it win anything? Yeah. Not it won best song, but I don't think it won much else. Yeah, right? I don't. Yeah, I I think it. Uh, I'm trying. I can't remember what did win that year, but I can't remember what year it was. But it was 19, Bradley Cooper's been nominated five or six times. He's been nominated a bunch of times, a couple times for acting, and then maybe for directing Star Wars Born. Something, a couple. Yeah, I think he yeah, was. I think, he's, but, I think yeah. he was up for directing in it. Yeah. That doesn't matter. And that was a much uh, better, much better movie than Maestro. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm gonna give cinematography to Oppenheimer. Take keep going with the the big the easy bet. Hard Come to on, argue baby. with it too. You know, yeah. hard to argue against it. I'm I'm thinking Oppenheimer too. I think this is now getting into the Oppenheimer is going to put the big run together, and this would fit in there yeah. nicely. So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, animated feature. Now, the one I want is actually not nominated. Ninja Turtles. But yes, Ninja Turtles. Oh, Ninja Turtles not nominated. What a, Ninja Turtles was that amazing. That is ridiculous. I didn't see it. It's, it, it's good. It's you should. It's on, it's yeah, on, is it's, it good? It's on Amazon awesome, now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it is okay. the most entertaining of all the Ninja Turtles movies. It captures, you know, what was kind of fun about the the cartoon that was on when we were growing up, the comic books, like all of it, the the voices, the voice acting, the cast, great, just visually, I thought the animation style was beautiful. The score is really awesome, too, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's it's really well done. Yeah, it's a really cool movie. I I love Spider-Verse as well, but Ninja Turtles, because it was the newer one of the two this year and we already loved first spider verse that yeah. you know it was it was pretty awesome i've seen it like a gazillion times now because my kids watch it like you know always but um, yeah. i still love it um let me just run down them uh spider-man across the spider verse robot dreams nimona elemental and the boy in the heron i 
I mean, I think Robot Dreams and Nimona are beautiful as well. I think Elemental, you know, is the sort of token Disney nomination. Uh, Spider-Verse, I thought, was <clears throat> beautiful and great, but I don't love it as much as everybody else does. I think it didn't, like what it did in the first film was incredible. And I think they didn't take enough steps to me, it felt like it was just sort of repeating everything they did in the first movie. Hmm. That like they didn't take that next step forward on a story level. It's and it was so much going on that like having a hard time kind of keeping up or caring about it. That it was just too much, you know. Um, I thought the, I think the boy on the Heron's probably gonna take it. It's Miyazaki, and hmm. you know I I think that'll make everybody. It's a feel good to give it to him. Is he retired after that? Was that his last movie? Or I don't I... know. I think so, but that seems to get like floated around a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be. It's like Tarantino, kind of right? One more movie. Yeah, yeah. I gotta That's agree though. I, I see it. I think the I think Miyazaki winning makes the most sense. I, I haven't yeah. seen most of these. I saw Elemental and I didn't love it. And then the same thing. Like I don't like. I thought Spider Man's great, but. I think are they really going to give Spider-Man this award again two years right. later for almost the same movie? Seems a little a little much. I we think just got to petition uh, Ninja Turtles, Jonathan. Exactly. Get I it think in there. We uh, do a write-in campaign this week. <laughs> We've got tons Protest. of time to do it. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, all right. We're getting to the acting categories now. Acting. Uh, actress in a supporting role. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, Jodie Foster for Nyad, America Ferreira for Barbie, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, and Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Thoughts? Is there an obvious one here? I, I, without, I, before I saw it, I know everyone was talking about Divine Joy Randolph yeah. a lot. I, yeah. uh, and then I saw the movie, and she's very good. And I can see, I could see that being the, the winner. I could see her being in the winner overall too. I, I kind of get the buzz for it. Um, but I mean, everyone's so good in this category. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I just like, it's, it's, it always stinks that you gotta, you pick five of all the roles and then you got to pick one overall. Um, but obviously that's what we do here. But, uh, but uh, so just cause I really do like the holdovers, I'm going to stick with uh, the uh, divine. Uh, divine yeah. Uh, I, I, so much of that movie is on the performances and, she is yep. just, you know, really, really good. Uh, I, and she's been winning, you know, pretty that award pretty much across the board. So, some of these actor ones. Oh, that's right. Pretty consistent. So I Jody feel like Foster, that, I, one's, that one's a lock. <laughs> yeah. But they're all yeah. great. But I just feel like that that whole the that one's a lock for sure. Yeah. I think Jodie Foster was the best part of Nyad. I think yeah. she was really great. And she's this on this kind of career renaissance right now of like these really movies may not necessarily be great but or or the shows i'm i just started uh true detective so i'll wait till the oh. end but um her performance is is i mean better than ever but uh america ferrera too i mean that speech like whew, she's really good in barbie so i i, I wouldn't be actually... surprised if they went against the grain and maybe gave it to her too mm. yeah yeah i mean i i think I think I think Devine Joy Randolph's gonna win. Um, oh, Devine! Pardon, pardon my Devine, Divine. I could be. I might have it wrong. 
Um, I haven't I haven't heard it out loud. I, I apologize if I got it wrong, everybody. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, but again, like I think this category is odd because you do have the color purple nominated with its only real nomination. Nyad only got this in Best Actress, I think. Um, so this is a weird category for me, sort of. Uh, I I think. I don't know. I I I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I I I really did like Jodie Foster and Nyad, and I think that that movie is so rah-rah, you know, and it's such a great kind of story. I don't think she has a chance of winning, but I think that it's almost, she's almost a lead performance in a supporting category. So somehow that like makes, just changes the way I think about it a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to run anybody down. <laughs> I come back to my snubs thing and I'm just like, ah, you know what? Let's just let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're definitely not trying to do that for the most part, but uh... yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, coming to actress in a leading role. I have, I have a comment in this category, but Ooh. it's uh, Emma Stone for Poor Things, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Annette Bening for Nyad. Now, I think Margot Robbie being you know left out of this category is criminal. Criminal that she is not here um and i will say my personal opinion joe you may feel differently but i i feel like annette benning is the one that i would boot out of here i like annette benning but she often rides a line of too much and i feel like like the kids are all right i think she was beautiful in that film and and most of the time but i feel like in nyad she crossed over and it was just like okay, I feel you acting. I feel you like reaching for those awards, you know, and it's, I'm not buying it. So yeah. Jody didn't, Jody was great. And I was in, it was like weird in these scenes during Naya that I'm like half in and half out. Yeah. No, I think my problem with Nyad, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's a fine movie. I don't, I think to your point, Annette Benning shouldn't have, shouldn't really be getting nominated for that because I feel like there is this Academy inclination to award suffering as an acting skill. And I don't get that. I think that it's, I mean, it is sort of, but like like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. Does anyone think that's one of his 10 best performances? It's just suffering. That's the whole movie. And Annette Bening and Nyad is all suffering. Like right. there's almost nothing else going on in that movie. So I just don't get that. And I don't, I don't really understand. I, but I mean, I have a real problem with this category because I feel like there's a bunch of people who could have been in here Greta Lee not being in here for past yes. lives is insane. Yep. Like, yep. like, and as again, because I have a maestro problem, I was like, Carrie Mulligan probably doesn't really need to be here. I think Sandra Hewler is only really nominated because she's in this and zone of interest. She's good in both of them, but I feel like it's almost like she's in both of them. So like, this is a great year for her. And yeah. so I think that, you know, even though I'm I, not as like gung ho, like Margot Robbie has to be in this category. I certainly think she should be in the category. I, I mean, well, I felt I mean, like the cast of May December is, too. Oh, yeah, Natalie yeah. Portman is great in May, December. Yeah. 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 You know what? This is the one year it should just be 10 people in this category. <laughs> they should have. The Golden Globes would have put 20 people in this category. They don't yeah. care. As long as they come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I actually think, I think they're going to give it to Lily Gladstone. She's you know, good and, in that movie. She's good. She's, good. she's good. Yeah. And she's, yeah. you know, a, a new face really to, especially to this level of films. And, and it's great. And, we all celebrate that. And, and um, I just, 
I think Emma Stone is also fantastic and uh, you know, uh, the huge part of why that movie is what it is. Um, but Sandra Hewler also was just, I mean, especially in Anatomy of a Fall, I was like, I thought that performance was amazing. Like yeah. to to ride that line in the middle of like, did she do it or did she not do it? Like there is no indication for sure either way. And that's really hard. Plus the courtroom drama to keep it interesting. Is she an awful human being or is she a normal <laughs> human being or is she an okay human being? You do not know. You really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. And then it's Zone crazy. of Interest, which she's not nominated for, but again, a very different Great. kind of performance that yeah. uh, was also just incredible. But but I do think they're going to give it to Lily. I would say probably like be. Emma Stone should be the number two here. That's my opinion. And then Sandra, but it's real tight. Yeah, I, I love Lily Gladstone, but I, I just think like Emma Stone had more to do. She, I mean, she's almost, I, I mean, she's probably not in every frame of the movie, but she's in every moment of that movie. And, yeah. you know, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I feel like is even more ensemble than 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 what Poor Things is. Poor oh, yeah. Things is Emma freaking Stone the whole time. Yes, uh, yeah. There's so many other things going on in Killers of the Flower Moon. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is also comes back kind of to my suffering thing a little bit. Lily Gladstone, that's a lot of suffering in that movie. Like, she's yeah. she's in that bed for what feels like forever. So, you know, I, there's only so well, much. The movie is 17 hours long. So. Right, so it had to be. For <laughs> all of season well. two of this movie. Her screen time she's in is bed. actually pretty high now that you think about <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I actually think Emma Stone's going to win. I don't, I think. This is the one of the major categories that I'm a little bit. I know everybody's like Lily Gladstone's going to win. I just I don't know. Like I feel like, and maybe this is just me. I feel like Killers of the Flower Moon has a deserved backlash after all this time, and I don't think it's going to win anything. And I that so that's sort of where I am with it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like it clearly seems like that's the big push, and she's probably the best thing in that movie. But uh, I just think that Emma Stone, if she hadn't already won one, she would definitely be winning. So then it's kind of like, is it fair or not? You know? Mm. Yeah, I, and and, and I, again, not nominated, but Margot is like the perfect Barbie and just nailed everything that character should have been. So she should have been in that category. But anyway, go ahead, David. Yeah, uh, I am absolutely I'm going to abstain uh, from selecting anybody here because I feel like I need to have seen poor things because obviously it sounds like Emma Stone's a, a great front runner here, but I enjoyed everyone else in the, the, these other movies <laughs> very much. So uh, good luck to all the all the winners out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So moving on to actor in a supporting role. We've only got a few left, guys. We're almost done. We got Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, Ryan Gosling in Barbie. So Ken gets nominated, but not Barbie. Okay. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Makes sense. Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon and Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction. What do we Patriarchy think? Patriarchy staying strong. <laughs> Way to go, fellas. Yeah. I liked all these performances, all of them. Yeah. 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 Quite a bit. It, it's pretty obvious, though. It seems like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has been winning. Yeah. The acting categories has been pretty straightforward in all the awards. It's pretty much the same people. So, yeah, I think he's the one to beat. 
again, like great performance, really good to see him playing such a different role and reminding people that uh, he's a lot more than Iron Man. Yep. Yeah, he was yeah. great. But, you know, uh, I'll say Sterling K. Yep. Brown in he steals every scene, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Of course, Ryan Ryan Gosling is so funny. Um, and the so Ken is, battle and the song number yeah. is just like incredible. But and so uh, Maureen Ruffalo. John? Ruffalo's hilarious. Oh yeah, Ruffalo. Yeah. The the dance scene, what, David. When you see poor things, the dance scene between Ruffalo and Emma Stone is one of like definitely one of my favorite scenes of this past year. Oh wow! You got your two Marvel, your two Marvel actors playing against type, or you know, d- just going back Look to that. what they, yeah, been known to do in the past. And Ruffalo and, and is I'll, such a baby in the whole movie, and it's so oh, hilarious. Yeah. I'll say De Niro too. I I do think this is his best performance in years. Oh, like long thirty time. years. Yeah, yeah I, that guy's been time. phoning it in forever. Since I was like, this and, and bad grandpa, you know. <laughs> Oh god! I I I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to seeing Pillars of the Flower Moon because I'm just like uh, I got to put up with De Niro, and yeah, I was absolutely like every scene he's in, he does he's he's defied all my expectations every time. (laughs) I mean, he just had to get back together with Marty. Like that was it. Like well, yeah, but he did the Irishman, and you know, well, (laughs) yeah, but did he? There was, wasn't really him. Very digital in that effects. movie. Yeah, he's barely there. So very digital. Yeah, yeah. this is a, a category. Just all like, I, I'm I'm not going to be upset with whoever wins. It'll probably be uh, Downey, but um, they all deserve it, and all were great. Yeah, yeah. No, Has I Jesse thought Jesse Plemons ever been nominated. Sorry, I'm going in a, on a tangent here. Jesse Plemons. I don't Plemons. think so. Ever... I don't think so. He's been in tons I, of Oscar movies too. I love that guy. He's yeah. incredible. I think he's he'll just like always like the fifth or sixth guy, right? So it's always yeah. like he'll yeah. like the master. He's great and he just gives you like 10 great minutes and then he's out and that's it. Like Well, he doesn't come nice. into Flower Moon until hour 7. So way into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was he was nominated like 2 years ago for or for the Power of the Dog. He was in. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. This is sporting role. Another movie. Another movie never spoken of again. I have largely blocked out Power of the Dog. That was that was not my favorite. I do love Clemens though. Oh, he's great. The only thing in this category I felt like, and again, again, snubs, but I thought Charlie Melton was so good in May December. The fact that he didn't get in here, especially like with like Gosling's great, but it's such a silly performance by comparison that I was like, I think he could have been in there maybe or. Because really, it looked like from all the early stuff that Sterling K. Brown actually took what would be that spot. But Sterling K. Brown is so great in that movie, right? That, you know, you can't really have much of a, a qualm uh, about it. But I, no, I, I mean, I think an argument can be made that, like, I, I think you can't nominate Gosling and not Margot Robbie. You either nominate both of them or you don't nominate either, and it's at least it's fair. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean. <clears throat> You know, it's just like I—I I mean, I came—I came out of Barbie thinking, yeah, Ken's hilarious, but like, did you come out thinking like, yeah, Gosling should like he should win an Oscar? For that. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, so, no, no, no. But no, I think Downey's going to win. Gosling. I can't even really yeah. imagine who else would win. Like, I don't. This category is such a huge gulf that uh, I think anything else would be kind of amazing. So yeah. Uh, all right, actor in a leading role. 
Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Uh, is it Cillian or Killian? I keep forgetting. I think it's Killian, isn't Killian. it? Yeah, I think it's okay. Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, and Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Now, this one is really tough. I think we're down to at least three here. Yeah. Right? It's down to uh, Killian, Giamatti, Jeffrey Wright. Thanks for playing, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Get out. You got your makeup. See you later, work. buddy. Yeah. And it's really you too bad because Coleman, Coleman Domingo's great in Rustin. He is. Yeah. 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 But I miss Rustin. It's, you know, Giamatti and Killian have been winning everything. Yeah. But Jeffrey but Wright, funny. I like, is so good too. Because like in any other year, you could see any of these guys being the like sure thing front runner. Like when I saw American Fiction, I think that was before I had seen the holdovers. So I was like, oh, I think I think Jeffrey Wright could win this. Like finally, I don't think Jeffrey Wright, I don't think he's ever been nominated for an Oscar before, and he's great in everything, you know. And uh, and then uh, then the holdovers came out. I was like, well, Paul Giamatti yeah. is way overdue. So yeah, I think I'm gonna go a little bit of a. I, I think the obvious thing is Killian. And I think they're going to throw a little ringer, not ringer, but I think they're going to give it to Giamatti because I think uh, the rest of what we're going to talk about is probably going to go Oppenheimer's way. So, yeah, Giamatti's going to win for sideways and holdovers. (laughs) Long overdue. Yeah, that's what they should do. They open the envelope like, oh, Paul Giamatti, not for holdovers. (laughs) Let me ask you actually a question since you're you're following the trends and uh, isn't or is is Bradley Cooper and Maestro is that just getting completely passed over in every award every other award thing right now? It wasn't yeah. really even nominated in a lot of other places. Like oh okay. yeah, I think it's widely regarded as being a pretty average movie. Like yeah 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 okay. It's I mean even though like he's acting saying... his ass off in that movie, I, I just I just I didn't buy it. Like I didn't buy any of it. Like yeah oh sure it sure feels yeah. very it feels... forced. Yeah, it feels the- it feels very theatrical. Yeah. It's, a, it's all just a it's just a hair over the top. I exactly, mean, well, that's exactly. Honestly, what it feels like. like that would have been a great play. Would have yeah. been a great he, play. He feels like he's in a Broadway musical without music. Like it's just insane that movie. Like I don't I don't get that. Yeah, and it feels just, like we were talking about with Annette Bening with Bradley Cooper. It's just like yeah, you're you're really lunging for that Oscar, and it's obvious, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so so we're thinking what one of those three, right? Giamatti, Killian, Jeffrey Wright. I Jeffrey Wright I'd being be, the wild card. I'd be really yeah. happy with Jeffrey Wright, but I don't I don't think he'll get it. And but I'd be happy without any of those three. Like, yeah, I think yeah, I think I, Killian. I like any of those three. Yeah, I again, I'm trying to think of it in like the overall sense, right? Yeah. And for me, this comes down to like the couple things, like. You know, the holdovers is already going to win best supporting actress. Probably, it's got a pretty good chance at screenplay. You know, is it also going to then win best actor? That feels like a lot of big awards for that movie that has almost no chance of winning best picture. It seems like a lot, but but inside of that, it's also like everything's been so predictable at at the award shows for the most part. This is kind of the one that's gone back and forth. So, by my crazy way of thinking, if Emma Stone somehow beats Lily Gladstone then Killing Murphy has to win because at least it's predictable where I don't think you get that many surprises in the big categories, but right. this is my own internal logic. So I would, I would probably lean with Paul Giamatti too, but that feels a little bit of a risk. So, yeah. 
my heart's in that movie, you know, so I'm oh, just, I love of, that movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. Two left director, Jonathan Glazer for zone of interest, Yorgos Lanthimos for poor things, <clears throat> Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese, killers of the flower moon, Justine Triette for anatomy of a fall. Now I will say, of course, being, in this industry and uh, a huge fan of so many Scorsese films, the Scorsese of the, since the departed, I, those films are not of the quality and the iconic nature that so many of his previous films were. And I think it's not cool that just because he's Martin Scorsese, we're nominating him every year. Ooh. You know, it's like Spielberg too, that, whether people say it out loud or not, like there is a dip in quality at a certain point, which is natural when you've had a run as long as they have and made these some of the best films of all time. Like you can't operate at that level forever. But I, you know, and again, the three and a half hours is irresponsible. It's, it's not right. <laughs> people getting blood clots. Uh, <laughs> Has anyone seen Fargo? Especially without uh, without going to keep bringing up Fargo. Duck Soup is sixty eight minutes long. Sixty eight. <laughs> At least put an intermission in there, like the old Come days. Come on, yeah. Well, before Marty, who was the who would be the director to kind of do the same thing, like sort of taking up the uh, the space in the room? Is it like did Woody Allen have that? Like, did he get nominated a lot more than he should? Not for best uh, director. He was a real screenplay guy. Yeah, um, okay. yeah. I mean, definitely I, acting I, I, for Woody Allen. Yeah, I do feel like you're right, though. Like, it's almost like we've gotten to this point in his career where, like, it's just and like it's not just we're going to nominate him for awards. Like, look at the numbers on The Irishman. Like, it's at like 98 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's like people just don't know how to criticize that guy anymore. Yeah. And I think that stream as much as he particularly criticizes streaming and movies not in theaters, streaming hasn't ruined anyone's reputation the way it's ruined Martin Scorsese's career by his actual output. Like the movies he's making, there's just no, there's no restraint. There's nothing yeah. like it's, it's just madness. nobody says and, no, you know, right. it's just like letting him run wild. I always compare Martin Scorsese to the later Harry Potter books, which is a weird comparison. I'll agree. But the first couple are short, tight books. And then they're insanely endlessly long because right. no one would step in and tell her this is too much. Like, look at them on the shelf. Look at the length. It's they, insane. You know, <laughs> like, you know all, all of a sudden these books have to be 700 pages long. No, they do not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I do think flower moon, if that had been trimmed down even 30 minutes, what kind of a movie you'd have? It there's a tighter have a, movie a, in there. Yeah. There's, sure. there's a lot of great stuff in that movie. Like I don't want to just blanket, like just, you know, denigrate that movie. There's a lot of good stuff in that movie, but there's a, there's a, an hour of baggage easily. So. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just, I think to this group and, and I think a lot of other people I, I speak to about it, it's obvious. It's obvious that there was a, a much shorter version of that movie that was probably a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so you don't think Marty's winning? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the top guy. Huh. So we, uh, Nolan's taking this one. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's uh, finally going to get it. Yeah. And he yeah, deserves I, it. Honestly. It's time. 
Yeah. He, it's, he finally found like the topic that could do it, right? That it's not a sci-fi movie. It's just, but it is kind of, but like, it's not yeah. a sci-fi, pure sci-fi movie. It's like a, you know, it's not, it doesn't have the crazy structure that Dunkirk had that I think turned some people off. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Yorgos Lanthimos fan. Like I love all of that guy's movies. So yeah, I think agree. someday he's going to get in there, but I don't think this is the year. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's in there with, with some other heavyweights, Nolan yeah. and Scorsese that like, yeah, it's, it's tough to fight against those but well it's yeah. also you know uh barbie and and which is another reason i find it bizarre that she wasn't nominated but um that and oppenheimer made so much money on top of being critically acclaimed that it's hard to compete with a double whammy like that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's and it's also it's always hard for me to talk about directing and picture as separate things because they are so close so we're kind of almost doing both categories here but uh you know barbie not getting it here is again another criminal it's criminal when marty's like, in there yeah but marty's in there um but i, I think that clearly like a, a film like barbie which was pulling oppenheimer with it right oh that was yeah. way ahead of money and Tapping into um, a movement, really tapping into like emotionally tapping into uh, to uh, so many people that there was it was a movie that actually set, had something to say in a, in a global way to many people uh, to not nominate the person who was driving that the, the entire time. I mean, both of them. It was really Margot. I mean, there was a, a group effort with a lot of people involved, but led by Greta and Margot, that that was their project. And you're not recognizing them for the main thing that they did. Yeah. Hmm. I don't yeah. Know. I think, I think you boot Marty and you bring in uh, Greta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would be with you on that. That would make it a, that'd make it a real competitive uh, or just a more interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. For this, for this category. But just I think, don't take you know, laser I, out of there. Yeah. Oh no. no, no. Keep we'll laser. laser. Yeah. And Justine Triette, I mean, Anatomy oh, yeah. of the Fall is like an incredibly directed movie. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like other this... years where, where if you're coming in on a non Nolan, non Scorsese year, you know, it would be really interesting what movie would take it. Yeah. Uh, as a guy who infamously doesn't like movies, I, I'm never <laughs> like best pictures. I'm always bored by at least one or two. <laughs> nominations every year I'm, done. I'm like i would never see that and if i see it i'm like or if i see them i'm like i'm always like eh. but like honestly like all the 10 other, well okay the nine i didn't see poor things but i've i've i was engaged with with each one throughout and for different reasons and i i feel like it's a really because we're gonna head into the best picture conversation here yeah yeah so i was just like, gonna run through them i didn't mean to but i, I just i just want to like preface the whole thing of like this was the this this grouping i just had such a good time with everything i've seen yeah. uh, and and i you know I, so just I, I just wanted to bring that up front i don't think that's a that's not some new take but for me to be to enjoy everything the way i did i was i was just happy for me like to have, to have had that and not feel like i don't know i feel like some of these these things are a slog at the at the end especially with 10 now uh but i don't know so this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun this is a fun treat i liked all 10 
Yeah, it didn't, yeah, me, it didn't me, feel like there was a lot of homework in here. Like there was a lot yeah. in real time. This year didn't feel like a great year for movies. And then at the end of the year, all of a sudden there were a bunch of really good movies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this was this like I was saying in the beginning of the show that this was a real from I feel like a real good step, you know, a better step than we've had in quite some time that overall really, for the most part, you know, we have, may have criticized, you know, a number of these movies, but that's when we're comparing them against each other. But overall, I, I think it was a really good year for film because you had yeah. a mix. You had the movies, you know, you do have to remember that, like, the movies, the blockbuster movies, they're speaking to an audience. Somebody, there is a large group of people that is in, that is liking those movies, that is going to see it, whether... You know, so you have to factor, I think you do have to factor those in that, you know, it can't just be the, um, you know, the more artistic films or the, you know, like it can't just be those. You have to. You have a balance. You should leave it open. Yeah. But all right. So real quick, uh, best picture. We've got zone of interest, poor things, past lives, Oppenheimer, Maestro, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers. Barbie, Anatomy of a Fall, and American Fiction. Ooh. That's a great group. It's really not bad. Yeah. I was not mad watching any of these, like David and everybody been saying. I you generally every year I'm like angrily watching a couple of them <laughs> when I'm like halfway through and I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I did not feel that way this year. Well, best picture should be, you know, let's just say five, ten years down the road. Do you still think of these films? That's that's yeah. how I think you should go into it with who should be nominated. What are the movies that had such an impact, whether it's entertainment wise or a, a perform, you know, whatever. And I think a bunch of these have that 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 like, yeah, I'm, these are movies that are now in that level for me that I'm going to think about. Yeah, I think, you know, as much as you can make a very valid argument that film awards or awards of any sort are meaningless. And it is very much this kind of self-indulgent thing. There is something to this is how stuff gets passed down. Like th this is important in a way because when you go down and there's so many movies that are made, how do you know what you're, you sh was good or you should be watching? Like uh, last week, I know I threw this into an email somewhere, but last week I watched Cavalcade, which won Best Picture in 1933. And there's no way I would have watched it otherwise. And yeah. it's not good, but it's still, it was still the idea that like this was, you know, that's why people still know about it. That's why it's still out there. So, you know, I think there is something to that idea. Like you can do something in the moment that seems kind of like, you know, wild and, you know, whatever, like crash beating Brokeback Mountain at the time, I guess felt like, well, what a great upset. But like Brokeback Mountain is still an important movie. Oh yeah, Crash was fine. Like, there's nothing about that that. that and, and now there's actually a swing even against Brokeback Mountain that you know you have. Well, for the time and <laughs> two yeah. straights doing it, or, yeah. two straights, a straight director, you know, like yeah. you know, but but still, at least the the attempt is there and the the awakening of that. For that 2005, that was the most progressive thing yeah. anyone had ever seen. So yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, but, if they had um, nominated uh, Rolling Thunder back in the day, more people would have seen it and enjoyed it. Rolling Thunder. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, we I covered that one. Check it out in the archives at reconsideration.com. <laughs> sure uh, actually, Joe, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of the fact of like 
doing this and whether it's award ceremonies or uh lists or whatever there everyone's everyone's inst- and you know we live in an age where everyone can create their own signposts for what's great and what should be seen and but if if most of history was erased but yet you still had some major historical documents at least you could try to find the films that are on like the the best picture lists or the AFI 100 or whatever. And so it, it's a, it's a good place to start, but that doesn't mean you're limited by these things. Uh, it shouldn't, they're not the, they're not the definition, but they're just good examples, right. Uh, of the categories we're looking at. So, yeah. huh. That's a, you got me again, Joe. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Something to chew so, on. So what do we think? I mean, the obvious is Oppenheimer, right? It's been winning everything. Give it to him. Yep. I, probably I, I, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, there's a lot of other ones you could argue for, but like I, I would, you know, I would argue Barbie for me personally. I'd argue Holdovers, American Fiction. Um, I loved Past Lives, dude. I don't think yeah. we talked about that enough. I thought yep. that Past was Lives was really good. Yeah, it just really didn't good. get the exposure I think that these other movies did, and I think that's what worked it's, against it's, it. It's it's yeah, it's it's smaller for sure, and yeah, yeah. I I think there's something to the degree of difficulty with making something like as much as you want to run down. I think historically people run down Titanic for just being kind of a silly, you know, blockbuster movie. The degree of difficulty on that movie is so high. The fact it, I think it should have won best picture. And even I yep. love 1997 has wall to wall, great movies, masterpieces across the board. Ooh, and so you're, yep. Yep. You're absolutely it's the, right. It's one of the greatest years. Like it's incredible. One, one could almost do a whole episode on the entire year. <laughs> have you done a 1997 yeah. episode? We, that's our, that's our lost episode. <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, it's zero. It's due, but we were, but so we're the, at about hour four and uh, we're like halfway through the year. <laughs> we just come. How much can we talk about LA Confidential? So, Uli's gold. Uh, would you do, don't you do LA Confidential on a separate podcast, too? We did. Yeah, yeah we yeah. did that. Yeah. So for that reason, like I think Oppenheimer winning makes sense. And I think it's going to win. A little piece of me somehow still thinks Barbie is going to win, like win. And I think it's just because it's the it's the Argo thing, like it's the backlash. I think that when Mm -hmm. the nominations came out, the fact that that was the thing that people kept talking about. Again, Christopher Nolan should win Best Director and will no matter what else happens. And Oppenheimer probably should win Best Picture. I think it probably is the best of these movies, considering the degree of difficulty. But considering what happened with Argo where Affleck doesn't get nominated and then all of a sudden that becomes the story. So much of this has been that, that like a little piece of me is like, is Barbie actually going to win best picture? And like mm. a little piece of me thinks it might. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I hear that. And I feel that too, that I think that there's, yeah. it's got to win something and something yeah. big. So what is it going to be? We, we know it's yeah. not going to be director. It's not going to be actress. Yeah. Yep. Well, so, why, why, I thought, yeah. Well, that's why I thought it was going to go to Gosling and and they'll pull a best song, right? So, because uh, no. there there are some consolation prizes for Barbie, but to that... give a movie that was what, what I mean, wasn't it the number one? It's the number one, yeah, number one box office of the year to just give it some consolation prizes, and that is not to demean what those awards are, but like it deserves more than that. Maybe. Well, that's that's why there's a, a many award ceremonies of, of all t- of all stripes honoring yes. the, the best Golden of Globes. Hollywood. 
the Golden Globes created some nonsense category to give them a best pick. Was it best blockbuster or whatever the hell the Golden yeah, Globes yeah. are doing now? Yeah. Like, is that how oh, is that what the new one is? Yeah, some yeah. nonsense yeah. award they gave. But uh, I mean, in recent years, there's been some upsets. So it's not like we're due for a big upset. You know, Coda wasn't a favorite by any stretch. Um, you know, mm. Green Book. Like these weren't things that were really expected. So I don't know that that quite quite yeah la- didn't didn't la la land lose when it was kind of like the favorite la la was at one heavy point. the heavy favorite yeah. for what yeah. was that um yeah. moonlight moonlight moon moonlight yeah yeah. Oh, yeah moonlight so i mean there's a lot of upsets lately there's a lot of best picture and director splitting in recent years yeah so yeah i guess we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see we've got one week gentlemen and then we all, all of our questions will be answered <laughs> on Hollywood's biggest night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you there. Hollywood okay. Island. Breaking news. Uh, we are going to be the actual hosts of the show. So, uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we got to stop, stop uh, shit talking. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Marty's going to kill us at the variety. Marty, yeah. Marty. I loved Mean Streets, Marty. Come on. Brent's going to be doing the red carpet. So he'll be talking about everything <laughs> everyone's wearing, and Marty's gonna go right by him. Not that, like, not I, that I wasn't even I wasn't even on that cold, episode. Cold shoulder time. <laughs> Sorry, Brent, we messed you up, buddy. Reconsinimation, guys. Yeah, <laughs> keep him away from me. No problem, Marty. <laughs> oh, guys, <laughs> it has been awesome having you uh, having you know all of us here talking about uh, modern films for once. Ooh, nice. Good times. Yeah. Consinimation. Consinimized. Consinimized. Cons- consinimized. I actually saw modern movies for this, Jonathan. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get back uh, to our regularly scheduled programming here, uh, you know, on our, our next episode. We have a big we have a big month of March. It's a certain person's birthday coming up, Mr. Kurt Russell, so we've got uh one of his films uh coming your way. We've got a uh, we're going to be recognizing opening day for baseball season uh, coming up too. So we got a fun, fun lineup coming. Nice. Tune um, in. Guys, Joe, Jared, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait till uh, you guest on, on our regular episodes and then we'll have to have that sooner rather than later. Well, thanks for having us. Always a pleasure, my friends. Yes. What a and, joy. Uh, what a joy. David, any, anything to wrap up with? Oh, you know, uh, no, no, good, good, good. Enjoy yourself out there in America and uh, the world. Uh, movies are your friends. Uh, you uh, be nice. Be nice to your uh, video <laughs> store people. Be kind. Exactly. You know this one. We have one week to uh, write in for all categories. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, Let's see what we right. can do. Yeah, I've balance. already started, John. I've already started. <laughs> Fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna retroactively try to get Secret of the Ooze some nominations as well. <laughs> Let's see bad. what we can do. Uh, ninja rap, best song. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's see what happens at the Oscars next week. It'll be an interesting show, and uh, we will see you guys on the next Reconsinimation. Cowabunga! Wango. <laughs> <laughs>